0: Welcome to Ex Libris On Air, and the stories behind the stories of today's literature and their authors. Greetings for Ex Libris On Air. This is Jay Douglas Barker. The book title is The Orange Cover, and uh, subtitled a self-help book, yes, you could help yourself too. And uh, joining me from New York City area is author Moshe Shane. Thank you for joining me today, sir. Hi, hi, Jay. This is a, an interesting idea. There's a oh around a hundred pages or so, maybe 114 or four, and you just just it's not a large read. Uh, the interesting fact of this is you are a relatively new author, and uh, this idea that you wanted to share. Your life experiences in a self-help book is unique because I don't think you have a, a, a traditional background as a, as a psychologist or a self-help guy. How did you come to write the book?
1: Okay, all started after some of my friends really liked my understanding of life and how I actually guided them how to crawl out of their own emotional or physical pain ahead. Um, and then they told me, like, "Maishi, why don't you just uh, write down your points and why not publish it? It's something which the world could use. So I figured, you know, let me try it. I wrote some chapters. Um, I wrote it the way I talk, not the way it should be written.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I believe that's uh, very important for readers who are looking for self-help.
0: Well, it's it's um, it's also very unique that that your style of writing and and the uh, stories and and incidents that you refer to in your book uh, again are very conversational. They're not uh, they're not the typical approach, but there is some just common sense practical approach to life. Would that be a good way to describe it?
1: Yes, common sense is the most important thing because life life just. Uh, hits us every day and we have to use our common sense every day and we can't always rely on a professional um, guidance because it won't always fall into our daily life. That's why... If we use our common sense, then everything will fall into place.
0: That's good advice, just on its own merit. The The fact that you're not a professional coach doesn't really uh, come into play on this because you are doing a coaching job in referring to uh, this book and and the contents. How long did it uh, take to write this, Moshi?
1: I believe that it took like six months. I uh, took some breaks in the middle, but uh, I usually only wrote at night in bed, after all the kids went to sleep, after I had free time with a uh, just some quiet, that's when I had a chance to think straight and write my thoughts.
0: The cover title is unique also, the orange cover. Where did that idea, or what does that represent?
1: Well, orange represents a lot of different things, a lot of different meanings, so a lot of different types of people. And I believe that if someone who actually likes the color orange will understand my Way of life and how it works because someone who likes the color orange, I believe, has inner anger because it has red in it, but it has the yellow inside also, which is the outside uh, uh, peaceful uh, person, which means the person who looks from the outside all calm but the inside burns and he's very upset or whatever it is, he will understand the method of the book because it deals a lot with the inside emotions. which. Are fuming mad, but outside people think we're okay.
0: One of the first stories that you uh, recount in your book—I don't know if it's taken from real life or not—is about eggs and uh, students in school. Share with my listeners a little of that story and why and how you uh, you give advice through the outcome of that.
1: Okay, basically, this story didn't exactly happen the way I wrote it. Um, I was uh, probably like thirteen years old. I was in school and I was in the dining room eating lunch, and I saw two kids uh, having some fun with throwing eggs. One kid actually threw the eggs, and the other one di- didn't throw any eggs. Uh-huh. Um, and then was this whole episode as both kids got punished. Hmm. And I don't know the end results, what happened exactly, how they took the punishment, but what I took out a lesson of this whole story, and which happens in our daily life actually, that sometimes we get blamed and punished for no good reason and we get upset and that's understanding and then sometimes we get punished for no for, um, for a good reason then like why should we get upset when our teachers or people around us blame us for things which they are entitled to blame us So why do we get upset so I took the both scenarios of the person who was blamed for no good reason and the person who was blamed for a good reason and what could we make the best out of those two uh, feelings and understand how we could grow in life instead of just falling and falling. How can we hold on to those um, experiences and grow in life?
0: What would be a way to describe maybe in a few words the underlying message I, I think I understand it, but my readers haven 't had an opportunity to to uh, to see your book. What would you say is the words or the feelings or concepts that really distill it down to its most common denominator?
1: Well, the whole book is based on life kicks in every day, and that involves every single life, the ups and downs. So how can we take the ups and downs, combine them together, and learn how to deal with it, and when we are happy with ourselves, and learn how to deal with our own life, then everything around us falls into place.
0: You have approached life, at least in your book, and I think probably on a personal level because this is from your personal experiences. It's one of honoring other people in spite of the fact that they may have done you wrong and uh, that in itself will generate happiness in your own personal life and satisfaction. Would that be also correct?
1: Yes, that's very true. I mentioned that in a few different chapters and also in the last chapter about the fact that um, others being in our life in a bad way, which means if someone hurts us, that person can move on and continue his life. Meanwhile, we are the ones who are suffering. He is not suffering. We are the one who, who is suffering. Um, so that's the idea of, let's not be dependent on other people's uh, thoughts and actions, let's, uh, let's be dependent on our own feelings and base that into, uh, into our life and grow within our own happiness.
0: So turn the negatives into positives and grow as a person, and uh, that encompasses every part of our being, including our uh, self-worth and and all the other important things that most of us deal with on a regular basis. The When you began to write this, uh, you mentioned some of your friends and others that you have uh, encouraged and cheered up and given ideas to, uh, suggested you write and share your feelings in this book. Was it a challenge to do so?
1: Um, I was never a writer. I was never a reader. I hate reading, actually. It's one of my worst things. Ever. Like, I never read, and I never knew how to write a book to know how it should be written, because I never read books. Uh, that was the biggest challenge, actually.
0: And how how do you think it's turned out? What, what kind of feedback are you getting from those who have actually put their hands on the, the hard copy of, of what you've produced and created?
1: Okay, I actually got a phone call not too long ago from someone in Italy who bought the book, a hard, uh, hard copy, and she read the book and she emailed me and actually then called me that she has tr- struggled a lot with her um, teenage daughter, um, always getting to arguments like every family has, and she really didn't know how to deal with it. And she said after reading the book and learning how um, – She has to take care of herself in order to be able to be a mother, in order to be able to be a parent. She learned how to back off and step back from her teenage daughter and learn how to work on herself. And when she worked on herself, she realized that she was actually the problem and her daughter was a teenager. Yes, she's also a problem, but she found herself being the problem and taking care of herself. And then things did fall into place.
0: Wow, that's a good commendation. That
1: was uh,
0: yeah. Uh, of the stories in your book, I, I remember the egg story. Is there any other story that has uh, one of those multiple meanings to it that you have shared that might be interesting to my listeners?
1: Uh, let me think. I don't have the book right in front of me. Um, okay, so chapter one talks about the egg story. Yes, correct. um I would like to talk about a different, uh, yes, one of the, um, I don't remember which chapter it is exactly, which talks about the, the difference between love and lust. Yes, Um, So that's also a very important point which we all have to remember and live with it because there's love and there's lust. Lust is in every part of our life if we do not live in reality. If we live in fantasy life, which is with money, whoa, I want to win this lottery, and then for the next five days, I will think about what I will do with the money with the $5 million which I will win. And that's taking us out of reality. And when we go out of reality then everything bothers us because it's not the way we want it to work out. In our imagination, our mind, things should work out a, a certain way, specific way. And when that does not work out, then we get all upset. So why should we live in this uh, life of fantasy, regardless what part of our life it is, if it's in love or if it's in, if it's in our marriage or friendship or money, work, regardless where it is, why should we live in this fake world, which upsets us? Let's, Live in reality, and then I get some tips um to just uh, be able to figure out if we are love or in lost life um just to be able to identify to see we are we are holding um in our life
0: what's fascinating that someone who does not have a degree in psychology is impacting his world and I, I certainly appreciate the fact that this is a, a personal observation and uh, also mm-hmm. advice and really you are a coach a life coach even though you may not have the title your book certainly uh, outlines some uh, wonderful practical application to uh, to getting through life and uh, making ourselves or bringing happiness to what we have accomplished and what we have done and to feel good about ourselves so thank you for sharing that. The title again is The Orange Cover, and it's a self-help book. Uh, Yes, you could help yourself too. It's not really looking outwardly, it's looking inwardly. Um, Moshe, you've enjoyed this process, I'm assuming, uh, to this point. Is there something else maybe in the future or an addendum to this book that you may be considering? Mm
1: I've actually started writing two more uh, books. I don't know how it's going to work out, if I'll ever finish. (laughs) But um, one book I actually started and I wrote over 50 pages, and I am planning on going much further into it, over 300 pages. And that will be a very interesting book, which will talk about every part of our life to see both sides of the story. We have like uh, the the normal way how people look at things, and then let's see the flip side of it and how – The the reason why I'm doing it is because some people just don't identify to others and can't understand why others live a a different type of life of their lifestyle. So I'm trying to bring everything in our life to bring both sides of the story and understand both sides.
0: Fabulous. Um, This this first edition or this first effort, the orange cover, where can my listeners get a copy of it?
1: Um, Amazon is the easiest way to get it. Um, because they always have different promotions. So on Amazon, you can go to just to search for the orange cover uh, self help in the book section. Or you can go to xlebers.com and find it right there. Um,
0: they should also be able to to obtain this from their local bookseller if they request it by name. Again, the title is The Orange Cover. And the author, Moshi Shane, which is spelled M O S H Y. Second name S H A I N Moshi Shane. Thank you, sir, for joining me today and share and sharing your story. I I believe your book will be of help to to many many people who read it. Again, it's a very practical conversational. It's like talking to a friend and getting some advice from someone who has uh, experienced life and has dealt with some of the issues that you've included in your book. Thank you again for taking time to visit with me. Thank you. Honored to visit with you and look forward to uh, talking with you again when maybe the next edition is uh, is released. Thanks again.
1: No problem. Thank you.
0: For Ex Libris On Air, this is Jay Douglas Barker. Ex Libris returns after these short messages.
3: Have you heard?
0: back to Ex Libris. Greetings for Ex Libris on air. This is J. Douglas Barker. The book title is Reap 23. And joining me from near Salt Lake City, Utah, in the United States of America is author J.J. Perry. Welcome to the program, Joe.
4: Hi, Jay. How are you
0: doing? Doing well. It's good to visit with you. You, uh, you have uh, not. This is not the first book you have written. However, this is uh, a first one under your name or under the name of J.J. Perry. This book is over three hundred and ninety pages. You have a rather interesting background. I'll share with my listeners a little of your history.
4: Well, I, uh, I'm pra- I have been a practicing physician for a number of years. A uh, number of decades, actually. And uh, uh, I, in school, I graduated in physics, or had a uh, majored in physics, graduated in chemistry, actually, before going to medical school. So I've had an interest in science um, and in fiction. So um, writing REAP 23 was a good way for me to blend uh, my interest uh, and passion in science with a, a good story an engaging story
0: you've managed to pen 390 pages that's a fairly uh, ambitious accomplishment most of my my writers uh, you know they'll tap out at about a hundred pages or so when you began thinking about the storyline and uh, the science fiction aspects of this and because of your science background you included I'm sure a lot of things that uh, would be familiar at least on the surface with with the reader what was the the driving message that you wanted to uh, to share
4: um I wanted to uh explore the notion of uh populating a- another planet uh only uh, doing it in a more or less realistic uh, fashion uh, most science fiction deals with warp speed or speed or or speeds that exceed the uh, speed of or speed of light right <clears throat> and uh very few people actually deal with of speeds in a rocket ship that are theoretically attainable.
0: The the uh, story, uh, 390 pages, of course. Uh, when does it take place?
4: Well, it's set to take place about uh, 200 years in the future, uh, or so. Uh, after um, a couple of pandemics have winnowed the human population down to about two billion. And uh, humans get together in all countries and decide that perhaps the Earth isn't quite as safe a place as we'd like to think. And uh, we'd like to begin to explore, uh, looking for other places for humanity to land.
0: Your book, Reap 23, is it character-driven or is it uh, excitement and action-driven?
4: It is... uh, in some measure, character-driven, but it's an epic story. And uh, by the calendar, it takes place over several thousand years. Uh, one, a, a couple of the characters go into an extended hibernation, which is fiction. <laughs> Thankfully. But, um, yeah, uh, but they land on a planet uh, that's after a 5,000-year sleep. Mm. are running their spaceship at 0.7 times the speed of light. Uh, so the, the some of the characters uh, go throughout the book uh and then there's uh, some um additional spicy or spice in the book um where the message that they've found this planet is uh is discovered and uh that's that's actually part of the book that's a lot of fun.
0: When you say when, when, you, when you when you say spice, I'm I'm assuming there is uh, interaction between some of your characters.
4: Well, yes, in the uh, in the rocket ship, as these uh, four couples go off in this rocket ship to uh, settle this planet. Now, Reap Twenty Three comes from the uh, notion uh, from the concept that this is the twenty third mission of a Reap program. Uh, repopulation, Expansion, mm. and Annexation Project. Um, and this is the 23rd mission, so by now it's sort of routine. Um, so these four couples in each of the missions uh, go off in these little rocket ships. And uh, the intent is that uh, they will have children um, on the target planet. Mm. So uh, getting four couples, uh, four young adult couples uh, in close proximity uh, on a potentially fatal uh, one-way trip uh, gets uh, interesting in that there's a lot of uh, tension, uh, a lot of dynamics, a lot of depression and anger and uh, lust and uh, such. Mm. A lot of interaction.
0: A lot of interaction. in writing the outline or did you write an outline in uh, penning this
4: um uh, i i had a very sort of napkin sized uh, outline for the book yeah
0: that that's amazing that you were able to uh to continue and uh, pen as many pages as you did how long did it take joe to complete
4: well the uh first draft took about 3 months uh, to write, and uh, my style is I, I write and then I let the book sit for a while and then I go back and revise it. Um, so it it began in about 2004, and I uh, had it revised off and on over the years until I published it last year.
0: Incredible. Are there any particular scenes or uh... Maybe uh, discussions in your book that might be a, a, a what you would re- refer to as a standout in uh, the reader's mind when they read it.
4: The uh, end of the of the book is um, uh, it gives a little twist because at the end of the book, the reader is left not knowing if uh, this is a future tale based on Earth's based on a perspective of our Earth or if it's actually an explanation for the Bible stories, and it's an explanation for how humans came to our planet.
0: Interesting concept. Interesting, of course. Have there been friends, relatives, uh, book readers who have uh, given you feedback on on how they have embraced the story at this point?
4: Yes. Um, I've had uh, quite a number of people uh, talk about, a little fanciful thing uh, in the last third of the book about uh, the quantum theory of relationships, uh, looking at uh, interpersonal uh, dynamics. Uh, people have really embraced that and talked a lot about that. Um, the other thing that people have mentioned uh, a lot is that uh, they they gained an understanding for um, some parts of quantum mechanics and some and and a better understanding of Einstein's theory of relativity and uh, time dilation uh, so uh, my again my purpose was that I would educate a little bit without uh, making it difficult to learn now, you'd learn by accident
0: Absolutely. so people have
4: appreciated that
0: mm. the age range of your book? You did mention there's some spice in there. Is it, uh, you know, all ages uh, would enjoy this read, or should they be maybe a little more mature?
4: Um, Yeah, probably um, mid-teens or late-teens or older. Uh, One of the themes uh, has a definite sexual component. Uh, There's no graphic anything in the book, Um, but um, yeah, probably better for mid- or late-teens. Or, or, and older?
0: Yeah. Yeah, with, with 390 pages, I, I would think the younger reader would uh, get bogged down anyway. But at, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> are there robots and, and um, you know, those monster-type uh, e- events or things that uh, show up in other science fiction books?
4: Yes. Um, so uh, I have uh, one of the robots is uh, for humor, and uh, he's a uh, so-called a cookbot. Uh, A mechanical type uh, robot not humanoid uh, with uh, lots of funny uh, things to say uh, (laughs) humor from him I have two um, physician uh, robots that are humanoid and female um, and uh, I've had a lot of comments about them Um, they're very good I have two other um, more mechanical robots in there that are also uh, physician types and in my world, in this future world, I've pretty much done away with human physicians because the robots have can access all of the medical knowledge, and uh, being robotic, they have perfect uh, control of their motor functions, so um, surgery and diagnostics are all in the hands of this incredible uh, information technology thing uh, called a computer.
0: Well, beyond uh, sharing your creativity, what are the goals or what were the underlying uh, things that you hope to accomplish with this this novel?
4: Uh, I just wanted people to have an enjoyable read, um, just to get into another uh, world and uh, have an escape um, that's fun and uh, thought-provoking and uh, perhaps uh, learn a little bit on the way
0: is a little bit different than others out in the marketplace. What you've described sounds just slightly different.
4: Um, If you look at the book Martian that was uh, by Andy Weir made into a movie, um, it's quite a bit like that genre. It's uh, relatively, I mean, it's pretty solid. Uh, The Martian is very solid in its science and engineering, and uh, I'd like to think, I think this book is quite solid in the science and, and engineering Obviously with some uh, fanciful stuff that had to be thrown in to make the story work.
0: Right. Is it character-driven mostly, or is it the story that uh, takes the the reader along for the journey?
4: Um, I I think it's mostly the story. Beautiful. Mostly the story.
0: Beautiful. This uh, adventure that you have uh, pursued as an author... This being, I guess, your second book, if I understand it correctly, are there others in the future? Do you still have that creative drive to to publish something else?
4: Well, I have four manuscripts that I've uh, completed and that I'm I'm, uh, I'm working on. Uh, one uh, I will publish later this year, called Malpractice. Uh, it's a story of a um, uh, of two physicians. That uh, take care of a patient that dies, and their treatments were very different. And the uh, survivors of this 30, I think, 32-year-old woman uh, sue uh, the physicians, both physicians, for malpractice.
0: Uh, <clears throat> fairly tense. It sounds tense. Yes, and present day, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming from what you've described. Yeah, well, 10 years ago. 10 years. Well, that's. Close enough. Not like, yep. Reap, not like Reap 23, where it's 300 years in the future or so. Well, th- right. thank you again for joining me today. Again, the, the uh, title of this book is Reap 23. My author, J.J. Perry, has joined me from near Salt Lake City, uh, Utah, in the United States. Uh, Joe, where can my listeners get copies of your books?
4: Um, you can get uh, copies and on Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble um they, the, from the publisher ex libris uh apple books, so pretty much available anywhere
0: I think they can also request it from their local bookseller if they have a small independent uh, bookstore near their near them that they like to frequent if they request it by name reap twenty three yeah, yes. and under the author j j. Perry, P-E-R-R-Y. I also understand that you can be reached through Facebook under J.J. Perry and also on the web, on the website jjperrywriter.com. J.J., also known as Joe. Joe, thank you for joining me today, and best of luck. We look forward to visiting with you in the future and talking about the other forays into the creative process. Thanks again for, for being a part of today's program. Thank you. My pleasure for X Libris On Air. This is J. Douglas Barker. Ex Libris returns after these short messages. Only once every few years does a show come along that makes you think, makes you care, makes you believe the impossible. A show featuring only the best in writing, acting, and directing. Until that show comes along, we suggest Paranoria, Texas. Thrilled to the adventures of six super-powered nerds on a never-ending quest to take over the world and to complete their collection of She-Hulk comics. Paranoria, Texas. Monday nights at 8 p.m. Central on AstronetRadio.com. Welcome back to Ex Libris. Greetings for Ex Libris On Air. This is Jay Douglas Barker. The book title, From Earth to Umbria, a science fiction novel. And our author who joins me from, is it Louisville or, or, or uh, where are you, uh, Patricia?
2: I'm in Louisville.
0: Louisville, Kentucky.
2: Louisville, Kentucky. In yes. the
0: United States of America is author Patricia Howell. Welcome, Patricia. Thank you. This is uh, science fiction, uh, and apparently you have had a long-term uh, interest in science fiction. You have, uh, been an avid reader and, and have written other articles. This is the first published book that you've done. Tell me a little about the background of this story. It's about 150 pages. Uh, you have been inspired by several things. What was the first inspiration for writing this story?
2: Well, I've always been a, uh, fan of Star Trek and Star Trek Next Generation. And, uh, I'm also a big James McAvoy fan, and I heard him say in uh, an interview one time that he would like to make a movie where he was in this science fiction space adventure, and that sort of got me thinking. Like, well, I'm a, I'm, I'm a former language arts teacher, and I always encouraged my kids to to use their imaginations and put their words down on paper, and I thought I I, I can do that, so. That was basically my big my first inspiration or motivation to write the book in the first place.
0: The characters in your book are not the uh, well, I was going to say spacey type. They're they're a little more uh, relatable. I mean, you don't have any monsters or unusual characters that show up in the story, do you?
2: No, no, and that was one of my main goals. I didn't want to put scary monsters or. Really outlandish the booking creatures, uh, and so I really, I really, I really didn't want to include really violent or, uh, grotesque or really outlandish looking characters in that story.
0: Now the story itself is is would you refer to it as relatable? I mean this is something that uh, could take place in any any environment in any generation that's uh, futuristic, right? Oh,
2: oh 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 yes. I mean we've heard for years how other suns have been going supernova and and we've always been interested in life on other planets even. And so it's really, it's really, and it's uh, my, my character. I wrote myself into the story, and my, my character is name's Patsy Powell, and my father's in it, and, uh, it's just like, what would we do if we found out that our planet was going to be destroyed by, when our sun exploded? And that was, and, um, I really tried to make it really down to earth and easy going and easy reading, and something that possibly could happen. So, yes, yeah, and, and, and besides, I think it's really relatable. Yeah,
0: besides the adventure, it it really is character driven. Your main your main character is it? Jared is that the correct pronunciation of your character?
2: Uh, yes, Jared. Jared is the father of uh the one of the three uh, characters who comes to Earth to rescue the. The, the million earthlings uh Jared is uh, the leader of the planet Umbria, and uh his son Eric, is uh is is sort of like his protege and he said, he asked Arak and his two other friends to come to earth and rescue uh a million earthlings so that they can be brought back to Umbria. So that they, the civilization of the earth can continue, and sort of uh, combine with the other umbrians into one, one uh, society.
0: the the so. story The story would you would you say that there also are some uh, exciting moments uh, besides the character driven style and, and the storyline itself? Is there anything that would fall into the action adventures uh, line that would grab uh, a young reader, for example?
2: Oh yeah, well. The adventures that the that the Umbrians have when they come to Earth, like the first place that they go to is the the Washington D.C. Zoo, and the different people that they that they meet a lot around as they travel around the world to uh, uh, introduce why they were here on Earth in the first place. And uh, there's a, there's a, a woman that they meet, and she's the oldest living human. And so they, they meet her in uh I can't remember where she lives, but um there's the different just the different places around the world that they go to. Uh like they go to Australia and they meet some of the Aborigines. Uh they go to uh Egypt and they ride camels. And I mean it's all the different places that they go to. I've i um I think would be an an interesting place for them, to, for anybody to, to read. Not just young people, but people of all ages would I think would enjoy the story.
0: And when they go to Washington D.C. and go to the zoo, did they uh, do they encounter uh, maybe senators in the zoo? Uh,
2: one of one of the one of their goals um, that they had was they wanted to meet ordinary common people. They they also wanted to work with the leaders of the of the different countries, but their main their main goal was to meet average ordinary everyday people and experience their lives. And so, yes, they did. They did meet senators and and politicians, but their main and their but their main goal and purpose was to have uh, adventures with. Just ordinary people.
0: Well, my my tongue in cheek uh, question really was, uh, were the senators behind bars? But that's uh, that's a different story.
2: <laughs> well, some of them may have been, but uh, one of the characters <laughs> in the story that he he was uh, in prison in Louisiana on death row, hmm. and he was uh, invited to join the group to be taken back to Umbria, and uh, he changes his whole life around when ah. so. Uh, uh, I mean, it's there's a girl from Poland, there's a man from Australia, uh, there's several people from the United States uh, of all different kinds of all all different walks of life, and 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 it's really uh, the now they did also include some scientists in in their group. We have uh, people who are in the entertainment business uh, who uh, t- uh t- Who filmed the whole thing so that they could take it back to Umbria to let the and introduce and, uh, the world life of earthlings to the people of Umbria and keep this have a personal uh photo uh experience of uh, uh, everything on record so uh Everybody from them, all different walks of life are in this thing.
0: Well, Pat, this is a, this is a fascinating idea. You did when you write articles and, and in particular, this novel, did you sit down and design an outline first, or did you just begin writing and let the creativity flow?
2: It just it just came. I didn't have an outline at all. Uh, I mean, and as I wrote, ideas came to my mind and. Uh, yeah, it was all spontaneous. It wasn't. It wasn't planned. <laughs> well, <laughs> it, it was just very. I just let my creativity and imagination go wild. And
0: how long did oh. it take Pat to to complete the, from Earth to Umbria?
2: Oh, maybe about a year, a year and a half. Uh, I've had the book for almost three years, but uh, uh, it took me about a year and a half to two years to write it actually. Before and then. Uh, I let someone else read, uh, somebody else saw me writing it, and they asked me, they were curious as far as what was I, was, I was doing, and I, I told them I was writing this book, and they said, well, when you get it finished, I'd like to read it. So I, I sent it on to him, and uh, he said, well, you ought to get this published. So uh, that's I contacted uh, the publisher last last January, and that's sort of, Gone off from there, so. But when I was writing it, I really had no, I really had no plans to publish it at all. It was just something that I thought, oh, you know, um, I enjoyed doing, and I did send a copy of the manuscript to James McAvoy. I was going to ask you so, that because question.
0: I <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, when, when is the when is the movie?
2: I'm not sure. Also, <laughs> the, um, according to. Uh, the The package that I that I have purchased from Exlibris about the book, a script is supposed to be in the works. So I'm not sure how long or when it's you know it's out there in the future somewhere, but I'm not really sure when. Well, but I'd love I'd love for a movie to be made of this.
0: Well, it's a fascinating journey. Have you always had the desire to be a published author? or Is this also something that uh, just evolved?
2: Well, I told you before. I was a, I was a language arts teacher for many years, and I always encouraged my kids to put their thoughts down on paper. But you know, that was just some. I really didn't. I always thought I could, would write a book someday, or people, you know, how people always talk. Well, I'm going to write a book someday. Right. Well, I never thought I actually would, but you know, it was just something that that I decided to do one day. So. Yeah.
0: Well, congratulations. Is this an open-ended story? Is this an open-ended story that that you could do a sequel if you chose?
2: Well, people have asked me that, and uh, so I have a sort of idea in my mind for for what comes next. Um, So there might be a a sequel to it. Uh, One of the uh, my my dad's character. uh, My dad always liked to tell stories, and he was the storyteller of, of our family. And so, if if it ever becomes a second book, uh, he's going to be a main character. Of well, Grandpa, why don't you t- can tell us stories about Earth? What happened, what happened to Earth, and what was your life like? And so, I he, I could write a book about his stories. Actually,
0: well, so, this this is fabulous, maybe. fabulous. Congratulations on completing this. The title of the book again is From Earth to Umbria. U M B R. I a, a science fiction novel, the author, Patricia Howell. Patricia, my uh, listeners may want to get a copy of this. How do they do so?
2: Well, it's available on Amazon. It's at Barnes & Noble. It's an ex, ex- Libris has, has it on its site. Um, I have several copies uh, that they can get in touch with me. Um, but part of, the best possible... Idea is to go through Amazon, um, and it and uh, just search from Earth to Umbria, and it's it comes up right away, and uh, you'll see. I I designed the cover uh, of the book, um, and so I I hope people will go on to Amazon to the different sites, and I hope they do. And it's also online, so. Different places they can go to.
0: Now, Patricia, a lot of my authors have uh, social media pages and uh, and fan pages. Have you started one yet?
2: Uh, I have it on Facebook. That's it's, I do have a blog, but I don't use it actually. You can, um, and I really need to be more on Facebook. But it does have its own Facebook page.
0: And uh, what is the title of that? Is it under your name or under the title of the book?
2: It's under the title of the book, from Earth to Umbria, uh-huh.
0: Absolutely. They can do a search under your name too, Patricia Howell, H-O-W-E-L-L, and uh, not only find this book, but whatever comes up in the future. Again, this uh, hopefully will be a launching pad, if I may use that uh, tongue-in-cheek, uh, you know, description (laughs) also, uh, for a future book, uh, maybe From Earth to Umbria number two, or who knows. Uh, Best of luck to you. Thank you for joining me today and sharing your story.
2: Thank you very much for, for uh, calling and, that, and uh, wanting to interview me and being interested in the book. Well, um,
0: fabulous. Thank you again for, for being a part of today's program. For Ex Libras On Air, this is Jay Douglas Barker.